Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. What up, what up, what up, Tiger Bombers? Let's continue the process. It's your boy, Ralph Lark. And you know if I'm on and you hear my voice, then it's time to talk some football. Week 14 in the NFL is upon us. If this is your first listen, welcome to The Process. We got you. This is your place to come to get all your information to make sure that you have the edge in terms of your seasonal fantasy team or your daily fantasy team. Tiger Bomb Nation, remember a couple of key things. You can visit our website, www.tigerbombsae.com. You can certainly catch this podcast there on the um, process page, which is pretty cool. And there's other ways to interact with us too here at The Process. Catch us on Twitter. Definitely give me a follow at The Process, T-B-S-A-E. If you want to get some quick questions answered after the podcast, maybe have some banter during the games on Sunday, that's the easiest way to do it right there. Um, We can trade funny memes and all that cool stuff. So hit us up on Twitter and also on the Facebook page, The Process, you know, linked right through our Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment page. So a lot of ways to check us out here. And hopefully you're listening to this podcast on an app like Spotify or iTunes. Just go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It's right there. That's an easy way to make sure that you get a ton of good info each week and you won't needlessly be missing out on that. So at that, guys, we have another action-packed episode for you. As we move towards the playoffs, I find myself trying to fit in more of the important game script information for you all. And that's what we're doing again this week. We're going to take a look at the Thursday night contest, dissect that as usual, and uh, from there, we'll do a little housekeeping. We'll clean up our house for week 14 and talk about some things that may be important for everybody, and of course, it wouldn't be another episode of The Process if we didn't play yet another round of Would You Rather, so we'll do that for all you Would You Rather junkies out there, and of course... Tiger Bombers, we will reload week 14 and get down to the specifics of what I think will go down this week. And of course, we'll end our week's uh, podcast with a look at the DraftKings main slate plays for Sunday's action. We'll go over all the best picks for you at each position. So that's what we got on tap for you for this episode for this week, Tiger Bombers. And we'll just dive right in with our review of the Thursday night football matchup. Thursday night football was a beatdown of a matchup between the Tennessee Titans, uh, who were visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they end up uh, going on the road and taking this one 30 to nine in just a one-sided affair here. If you don't know already, it was because of Derrick Henry, um, who showed up out of nowhere. A lot of owners who have Derrick Henry didn't even start him this week. You couldn't have known he was going to do this, so uh, everybody got burned virtually. But Derrick Henry ends up going off for 238 yards and four scores, including a 99-yard touchdown in the second quarter. So he had himself a hell of a day. Uh, They didn't do much in the passing game. Tywin Taylor, uh, he got a few receptions there. Uh, He kind of stood out a little bit. But other than that, it was all about Derrick Henry in the run game, which specifically was because the Jaguars chose not to form tackle Um, he had a lot of uh, yards after contact if you will broke a lot of tackles saw a lot of arm tackles 
a lot of guys trying to hit him high, um, and he made them pay for it over and over and over again. Um, the Titans' defense did their part as well. Kessler wasn't completely terrible, but just couldn't nearly do enough at all. Um, they provided a lot of pressure, so he was kind of getting rid of the ball quickly, quickly, quickly. And uh, the secondary held up on their back end there. They did pretty good. Malcolm Butler had himself one of his better games. So Tennessee really put the clamps on in this one. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, usually the staple for them is that run game. That's what we associate with them at this point. And you can't get it going if there's no offensive line. They've been banged up. They've been bruised up. This is a completely new group of guys they rolled out on Thursday. And the results were, you know, piss poor, pretty, pretty frankly. Uh, Fournette couldn't find any room. 2.6 yards per carry. Finished the day with 36 yards. That sucks. That's not going to do it for a lot of folks. So um, they have to get better up front if they want to, you know, everything they do starts with that, right? So tough day for them um they're going to continue to struggle with Kessler starting quarterback but the Titans on the other hand get a quality win on the road and they keep those playoff hopes alive for just one more week Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. So very straightforward segment for a housekeeping for week 14 for us here at Tiger Bombers. There's two big things that I want to talk about. And the first one is let's get it straight in terms of the, um, the new backfield alignments or compositions, if you will. Uh, due to some of these injuries because it's like people go a little crazy you start going away from the formula that got you to the playoffs and it's been winning you DFS stick with what you know but in case we still need those handcuffs it is important to know how it shakes out so specifically with the Rams and the Chiefs let's go over that right now first off with the Rams um, with Malcolm Brown being banged up John Kelly's now the new handcuff for Todd Gurley. So if you haven't already known this and you're a Todd Gurley owner, you need to go out and get John Kelly so that you can save yourself, you know, that production. If something were to happen to, you know, uh, Gurley, unfortunately, we don't want that to happen. But if it did, you want to be prepared. We know how great that old line has been moving, how much space they gave him before he ever even sees a defender. So grab John, John Kelly. Now, it's a little bit trickier for the Chiefs. So we've got, you know, Ware, who's going to be obviously getting, you know, the bulk of the work. But behind that, they've signed Shakandrick West. Um, we've been told and understand that Damian Williams is, you know, the, I guess, the second back. But they signed West, who's had success in the system before. So you know, take that for what it is. It's a little confusing. Um, So that's kind of a lot to take in right there. How do I think it's going to shake out? Unfortunately, what happens is this is too close to the playoffs to make any major changes. So you got to go with 
what's kind of already been outlined. And so when we have Ware, we're going to have Ware step in as a starter. And then from there, Damian Williams, he will be the backup. And then you see Chikandrick West after that. Um, I honestly think that uh, a guy that's interesting is uh, Daryl Williams from LSU. He was behind Geis and Fournette. Perfect kind of back right there. The guy who understands the system of running that they did there, the guy that was good enough to get in there, go to school there, compete there, had the experiences in terms of being a part of that conference um, and then understanding that culture of winning, all of that stuff, right? He had a pretty good uh, cone shuttle drill, I think, score. So very good back, LSU bred, um, but without all the wear and tear that the other guys have. Uh, I think you guys have heard me say before that one thing that I have against these uh, SEC West specifically backs, uh, but like the LSU backs and the Alabama backs, is just that they get worn down so much before they get to the pros. So I think that guy has a chance to be a bell cow back. That's something that more or less gets ironed out like a next year, not this year. But those are the guys to be aware of in the uh, Chiefs backfield. And one more we'll throw into this equation, too. Uh, we'll talk about the Steelers as well, because there's some, you know, hearsay about how this is going to shake out. So, of course, you have Steven Ridley, right? And you have Jalen Samuels as well. Now, Ridley is sneaky in deep, in deep leagues. You could add him uh, with Connor banged up. But this is, I think, going to be Jalen Samuels. I know they talked about a little bit of a committee, which sounds sketchy. But that's not the way that this coaching staff does it. That's not the way that they do things in Pittsburgh. They prefer, Tomlin prefers that bell cow running back. I think that Jalen Samuels will get the first look at doing this. So I would be rolling with him, of course, but it's his backup. You know, you can think about Ridley if you want, but Connor should be coming back. So, you know, that's a little bit about how the backfield should be shaking out that it, you may have been confused about it or maybe going after the wrong person, perhaps. But now you should have it a little bit more straight. And so our last housekeeping little note that we have here we're going to switch back to the dfs world for a moment and we're going to do more and more of this because as we wind down the seasonal playoffs that's what's going to be left and we're going to attack that hardcore because we'll have that up until you know championship week pretty much so we'll kind of turn our focus there more and more so our housekeeping note in terms of the dfs world this week is about lineup composition when you are on DraftKings, even FanDuel, whatever the case may be, when you're on these sites thinking about your lineups, you, you have to understand the best way to do things. And you've got to look at what's being presented to you based on the price points. You, you need to make some decisions. And so it's not even just which players am I going to make, but thematically, you need to be from week to week thinking, oh, this is the week that I'm going to pay down at wide receiver, or I'm going to pay down at running back, or I'm going to pay down at quarterback, or I really think you got to pay up for tight ends as a philosophy. So I'm going to do that every time and build around that. But those are things to be thinking about. You're grasping at straws if you just open up your lineup and you go in there blind and you just start, you know, your best players that you can fit in. No. That would be good if it was only about the talent, but unfortunately it's not. When you deal with these sites like DraftKings and FanDuel, you have to now consider uh, price points. You have to consider the salary that you pay for these players. And so we always need to maximize the bang for our buck. The best way to do that 
is to be thinking about these lineup compositions. A couple key things for you. Seems like this year the way to go has been paying up for the bell cow running backs, for those like high-end running backs. They've been expensive. In certain years past, you could get away with paying down, right, for exposure to cheaper guys that we know are just going to be on the field more. But your Saquon Barkley's, your Connors, your Camaras, these guys are eating it up at the top, paying off that salary and more, and you're needing them week in and week out. So one thing you'll see me doing this week and one thing that I've kind of been trying to toy with all season is paying up for the running back uh, to some degree and paying down for the wide receiver. Now, there's a sliding scale of doing that. And I think that this week I'm going to actually throttle it all the way. I want to pay all the way down that wide receiver because there's so many good options down there. And I want a piece of so many of these good guys at the top of the running back chain. So I say all that to say that this is the kind of way that you need to be thinking about building your DFS lineups. Um, It's great to have your good players that you want to play for sure, but also be thinking about where can we afford to spend? Where do we need to save? Where can we not afford to save? Tight end is desolate a lot of times. We have more options now than we usually do. But uh, in in the usual circumstance, you kind of just got to pay up right there and move on. So those are some things to think about for your DFS world. And those are our housekeeping notes for week 14. So hopefully your house is tidy and in order and you're ready to carry on. Let's play a round of would you rather. time for another round of would you rather here on the process here are some interesting situations that i've seen come up this week all right first off would you rather start alvin kamara at tampa bay or saquon barkley at washington and you know I'm tempted to say Kamara. Most people would say Kamara, but I'll give you two things. Maybe, you know, there's a little bit of weather in Tampa here. Maybe there's some rain, but even if there's not, he's going to be sharing the ground with Mark Ingram, which will take a little bit away from what he does. And Saquon Barkley showed last week that he's a special player, even against that vaunted Bears defense. And so I think that, yes, the Washington Redskins are a tougher matchup, but not something that he can't overcome. We know OBJ is not going to be playing, and really he's the only game in town for the Giants in terms of production. So I think that they'll be looking to him often, and so I would rather start Saquon Barkley this week. Okay, next up, would you rather start Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers who are uh, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals or Jeff Wilson of the 49ers who are hosting the Denver Broncos. And in this one, I will say, I, th- I think by just a little bit, I would rather go with Eckler. Wilson's gonna get all of the looks, I think, he could, he's going to have bell cow potential, but Denver's obviously a little bit tougher on the ground, I think. And I even wrote Wilson um, 
down on my on my cheat sheet here, but I think I'm going to go ahead and change that. Austin Eckler's got to worry about Justin Jackson a little bit to some degree, but he's not dead, right? He's still out there, and so I, I think, ooh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Austin Eckler, although Jeff Wilson will see major more um, touches, I think. All right, next up. Would you rather start David Johnson, Arizona Cardinals, hosting the Detroit Lions, or Joe Mixon from those Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Chargers? I'm going to go with Mixon here because it doesn't seem like the Arizona coaching staff knows what to do with Johnson or how to do it. He's a great player, but he's continually continually misused or underused, and so we talked a lot in the beginning of the season, Tiger Bombers, about the importance of a system, like what systems these running backs play in, how that can help feature the back or cover up his talents, if you will, and they're just not utilizing Johnson correctly. Joe Mixon's got a tough matchup against the Chargers and they're on the road, but um, I think they make an effort to try to stay a little balanced. They are rolling Jeff Driscoll out there, so you can't exactly go crazy in the air. I'll take Mixon this week. All right, next up, would you rather start Gus Edwards, Baltimore Ravens, and who are the Ravens playing this week? Um, They're going to Kansas City, that's right. So Gus Edwards at Kansas City, or would you rather start James White at Miami? And I'm going to go with Gus Edwards here because who knows what you're getting with New England. You love to say white. You think the production would be there, but for who? We don't know who they're going to line up in the backfield or how they're going to use them in New England. Can the run be effective for New England? Yes, but it's anybody's guess as to who would be the beneficiary. Whereas Gus Edwards is pretty much the only game in town at the running back position for the Ravens right now. Um, We know that Kenneth Dixon will give him some relief. He'll spell him a little bit, but it's Gus Edwards, so I'll go with him. All right, next up, would you rather start Josh Adams uh, of the Eagles this week at Dallas or Jalen Samuels uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers? at Oakland. And I'm going to go with Samuels. I know Samuels could be vultured a little bit by Stephen Ridley or whatever the case may be, but Josh Adams has a tougher matchup against Dallas, although he'll see more looks. He has, like, more percentage of of the running back load, you know, than any of the other backs they have, I think. But Jalen Samuels outperforms him this week. I'll take Jalen Samuels. Uh, Next up, would you rather start Tevin Coleman uh, for the Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers or LeGarrette Blunt for the Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals? And I'm going to go with Blunt. The Cardinals, kind of a sieve for the run. Um, I I think that the options for the Lions offense are getting slim, so they're going to have to go with what they have. And I, and I think there's something on the Coleman this week. I'll talk about it in the reload. So I'm not saying he's a terrible play, although I did down talk him last week. But I would just say I, I'd rather play, I'd rather start LeGarrette Blunt this week. Okay, next up, Mark Ingram at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Spencer Ware hosting the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go with Ingram. Ware's going to get, again, a larger percentage of the running back work. He'll get the bulk of it. 
but there's just no room against Baltimore. And so I'll have to go with Mark Ingram. I know that Kamara will outtouch him. Kamara will have more production than Ingram. But still, I think that Ingram could outproduce Ware um, with his little bit of a timeshare. Okay, next up. Would you rather start this week Rob Gronkowski at the Miami Dolphins or DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers? And uh, the Panthers are uh, at Cleveland. Okay, so Moore's in a good spot. We'll talk about that later, but I am going to go with Gronk. I know he's been disappointed by people. I know he's let you down. I know he's hurt you, but he's in another great spot this week. We'll talk about it a little bit later. I'm going to take Rob Gronkowski in this one. And next up, would you rather start Chris Godwin versus the Saints? Or would you rather start Tyler Lockett? And Seattle for the Seattle uh, Seahawks, and they are playing. Let's see who's Seattle playing this week. Uh, Minnesota, that's right. So I'm gonna go with Tyler Lockett here um, by a little bit. I think both guys have good weeks. I think Godwin has a good week, but so does Lockett. Lockett provides Russell Wilson with a near perfect passer rating, or actually a perfect passer rating. Um, last week when he went to him. And they just have this syncopatic relationship right now. He's zoned in on him. Lockett's producing. He's not seeing a lot of opportunity, but the opportunity he is having, he is converting at an incredible attempt in terms of uh, touchdowns and yards and receptions and all that stuff. So I like Lockett because although he may not get the type of production that Godwin does or the number of plays or snaps or you know, he may not get the amount of looks, if you will. He will do more with it. So I'll say lock it. And then finally, Allen Robinson for the Bears. They're hosting the Rams this week. Or would you rather start um, Brandon Cooks uh, in that very same game at the Bears? I'm going to go with Robinson this week. Um, Robinson has less of an uphill battle going up against that Rams secondary than Cooks does against the Bears secondary. The Bears have been pretty stingy um, on defense all around, and we'll get into a lot of that a little bit later, but I do think that Robinson can have a good week. I think he can even feast this week, so I'll say Allen Robinson, and that was our final Would You Rather for week 14, so now you guys know who I would rather start in a certain uh, few scenarios, and hopefully you have a better idea of who you would rather start for your week 14 lineups. And now it's time for the process to reload. All right, it's that time of week again. So let's go ahead and reload. We got a lot to get to for you. First up, New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. All right, so New England is a minus seven and a half point favorite on the road here. Uh, I like Kenny Drake and Kenny, uh, Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills in this one because the Dolphins aren't going to get completely blank. You got to do something, right? And so I think those are their best chances to have any sort of production. For Drake, it's going to be probably like catching passes more so than running. Oh, you know, the Patriots have this, um, I guess, reputation for being so stout on the ground. They're okay. They're okay. Um, but there still should be enough room for Kenyon Drake 
slash gore to do something. I just think that they're going to have to go away from it. But Kenny Stills, he seems to kind of catch one over the top sometimes, even if it's going to be in garbage time. So I do like those two players. Devontae Parker, I think he's going to get that shadow from Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore's uh, allowed just 47% of his targets to be caught. So it's going to be a tough day for Parker. I don't see him overcoming that. That's why I'll fade him. I would like Tannehill. He's been pretty efficient, but I think there's just going to be turnovers for him. The last game they played against New England got out of hand very quickly. I think a pick six as well. Um, they just have the Miami Dolphins number, even in Miami. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to end pretty for him. The Fins won't be able to establish the run game because of game script. That's the way I think, secretly, that you do need to attack the Patriots. But they will fall behind and they'll have to abandon that. On the Patriots side of the ball, we really like Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and the Patriots defense. I think they're all in play, in play, excuse me, as well as Gronkowski. Gronk gets the Dolphins, and they've given up the fifth most fantasy points per target to tight end. So look for him. I know he let a lot of people down last week, but don't stand him up at the altar this week. Y'all go right back to it. I think Gronk helps them move the chains. And remember, they look for him in the red zone often, so we like him. As far as the Patriots go, um, the opponents throw against them at the league's second highest rate. And even through the last five weeks, it's been as constant at that rate. 64% of the time they're throwing at them as opposed to running against them. And their secondary has the second highest coverage grade, but their um, pass rush is only graded at 29. Okay? The Patriots have faced the sixth fewest rushing attempts despite their passing defense, yielding the fifth fewest yards per attempt, and opposing quarterbacks registering the sixth worst passer rating against them. Um, but they are also giving up pretty much a middling 4.6 yards per carry. So, you know, that kind of would be the route. But again, I think that the Dolphins will be getting blown up a little bit and they won't have the opportunity to pursue it. Xavier uh, Howard for the Miami Dolphins is out on Sunday, so that does boost things a little bit for Josh Gordon. But I still think that it's Edelman's world, um, and in this one, the Patriots should roll easy. Reload. All right, the next game, uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the Chicago Bears for the Sunday night game. The Rams are a minus three-point favorite in this one. It should be a fun one. We'll see if the weather affects the Rams. Um, one thing about Jared Goff. You know, the Bears have given up the second fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the fewest fantasy points per dropback. So he's had he's had some struggles lately. I think he's going to continue to struggle as well because of those stats there. Uh, I don't know if you can really lean on him. Right. But this is why I like Todd Gurley. Um, Golf has had those struggles. And so I do think you got to go with what you know. So you lean on the defense and you lean on Gurley in this one. I do like Robert Woods as well. I like the Rams defense, specifically Aaron Donald. Yes, I'm going to call out a defensive player. I really like him. He's just so disruptive, and he's going to do disruptive things. We like Mitch Trubisky on the other side of things for the Bears. I think the pa- passing is the least path to resistance against this Rams uh, defense. Easier route to attack in them, and so I think that the Bears will try to do that with their guy back. They've really saved him for this matchup. Over the last five weeks, the Rams have allowed 14 passing scores. And I know they faced Mahomes within that time, too. But uh, Mitch Trubisky, I think, is in play. Allen Robinson as well, I mentioned earlier. And this is because the Rams secondary has given up the most fantasy points per target in the NFL. There is Siv. I think he still sees Marcus Peters. He can take advantage of that for sure. I do like Tariq Cohen. 
because they'll be playing to keep up. They'll they'll see a pass rush, and so you'll have to get it out in the flats to him. Again, he's the pass catcher, not a Jordan Howard, who last week I called Jordan Howard out, and the first half was scripted great. It was just like we said it would be. Then for whatever reason, the Bears decide to go away from it and abandon that. Um, so I don't know, but they won't have to even try this week. It's going to be a Tariq Cohen week, and Trey Burton... Remember him? Yep, Trey Burden. I think this is another week for him uh, because, again, that pass rush is going to be coming. Trubisky's going to be looking at, uh, to check down, I think, even in the, in the red zone. You could be looking for Trey Burden. So I like him this week. But I do think the Rams win in a close one on the road. Reload. All right, the next game is the uh, New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills are minus four favorite in this one. This will be the battle of the defenses right here. Crowell has been pretty banged up. He may not go. I like Elijah McGuire. Even if McGuire, you know, even if he does go, I think McGuire will have some snaps that he can do something with. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Sam Darnold is back. I think he's going to try to get Robbie Anderson a little bit more involved. I do like the Jets' defense in this one. The Bills are the Bills after all. And the Jets have been pretty stout week in and week out. I've been toting this from preseason. I'm not going to stop now. We're at week 14. So, yeah, you're going to have to listen to me whine it all the way through. And then Josh Allen. Surprised that I'm even saying it? I know. I'm surprised that 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 sound came out when I mouthed the words. But the reality of the situation is that he's the number one fantasy quarterback over the last two weeks. All right. Um, Zay Jones also uh, in play. The Jets are giving up the most fantasy points per game to slot receivers. Zay Jones runs 54% of his routes in the slot, so I think that they're going to have that um, uphill battle trying to defend him there. Um, but the 12th fewest points they've given up to outside receivers, so they'll move him in more to combat that. I like the Bills defense in this one, of course, uh, as well on the other side of things. I think the home field prevails. The Bills win. You know, kicker Steven Hauschkis made 43 consecutive field goals within 40 yards, so if they keep it close, I think he kicks them into victory at home reload okay our next game is the new york giants at the washington redskins there's going to be no obj as i mentioned earlier for this one no odell beckham jr so the giants will have to make do with what they have i think sterling shepherd not evan ingram should benefit josh norman is allowing 71 percent of his targets to be caught with five touchdowns in his coverage this season so this is why i think shepherd not ingram who's kind of been doing a little split time thing with rhett ellison as he's come back um, so I'll go with Shepard over him. Saquon Barkley, go with the show you know. He's the only show in town for the New York Giants. So I think he's in play. They will try to get it to him any way they can. I do like the Giants' defense. We saw how awful the Redskins' offense was last week. So they should be in play. Although Mark Sanchez will play a little bit better. He won't play well, but he'll play a little bit better. I think Adrian Peterson is certainly in play here. The Giants can't stop the run anyway, and the Redskins have a lot of incentive to line up and run it. Vernon Davis, not Jordan Reed, I like this week. And the Redskins defense, I think they can kind of keep it close here, especially with no OBJ. I like them as well. But in a truly pitiful matchup, I think the Giants can squeak this one out. Reload. All right, our next matchup is going to be the New Orleans Saints traveling to the Tampa Bay area to visit the Buccaneers. Drew Brees has been a different man on the road than he has been at home. And so it's hard for me to sort of say I like him. I know a lot of people do like him this week, but I'll just leave it alone. 
when I consider those splits. I do like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, though, this week, the combination of the two. And I like the Saints' defense. New Orleans has put up 13 sacks in the last two games and four six turnovers. Over the last month, they've uh, been putting up top five fantasy totals. They've got 20 sacks and 11 turnovers. So I like them. I know a lot of people like James Winston this week, but I'm going to go ahead and recommend the New Orleans Saints defense. I think they make him turn it over. Yep, Winston's going to turn the ball over. Um, He's playing some good football right now. He's got, um, in the three games since his week eight benching, he's got a 119.1 passer rating. He's completed 72.6% of his passes with six touchdowns and one interception to go with 88 yards on the ground. Um, That's a 5.2 yards per carry. So he's sixth in fantasy scoring. Um, And he came off the bench in one of those games. He's been playing really well, but I just think that he's going to turn the ball over here. I don't like Mike Evans. He's going up against Marshawn Lattimore. So that leaves things for Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys because Deshaun Jackson is out. I like the two, but of the two, I like Godwin over Humphreys. Um, Adam Humphreys draws slant slot man P.J. Williams. He's the second lowest graded slot corner on the PFF grade of scale. So they're both. I say that to say they're both in a good slot, but I just do like Chris Godwin a little bit more. The New Orleans defense is giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers and the most schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing wide receiver twos. So again, Godwin over Mike Edwins looks good. Uh, Mike Evans, excuse me, looks good right there. And because Evans is going to be drawing Marshawn Lattimore. So that's why that shakes out that way. Humphreys, you know, the, the, the Saints are pretty, they're not really good, but they're a little bit better. They're 13, they've given up the 13 most fantasy points to opposing slot wide receivers. So that's why I'd say, I'd say Humphreys ranks a little lower than Godwin for me. Braid is too touchdown dependent. I don't think I want any pieces of that anymore. It worked for me two weeks ago, and then it didn't work last week, so I'm like soured on it, I suppose. But Braid has the top 40 receiving yards in any game this season. That's the reality of the situation. And now he has to face the Saints, and they've given up the second fewest fantasy points per target to tight ends. They've also given up just one touchdown to the position this season, so no Braid for me. Um, no room for Peyton Barber on the ground either. Saints been getting more stout against the run, and I know he's had a string of pretty decent weeks, but I just don't think he keeps it going. I think the Saints win in this one. The defense shows up, and Jameis throws some interceptions. Reload. All right, in our next contest, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a minus six and a half point favorite in this one, and I do like Gus Edwards, as I said earlier. The Chiefs have given up the second most fantasy points per touch to opposing running backs, and they've given up 5.1 yards per carry. So lots of like about Gus Edwards this week. I don't think Lamar Jackson gets blanked, but he won't run for 100 yards, and he won't throw for 200 yards either. Jared Goff and Derek Carr have combined to toss seven passing scores against the Chiefs over the past two outings. So this is why I say... He won't get blanked. He just won't go off. Now you know that realm that I think he lives in. Um, I think Mahomes is the man. He's greater than the Ravens' defense. I know they've been stifling, but there's been literally nothing that he can't do this year so far. He's an MVP candidate. He's been pretty stout. I don't know why he would not perform here. I'll take him. I like Travis Kelsey in this one, too. Baltimore is a really good defense overall, but 
against the tight end, that's where they kind of will give it up a little bit. Um, they've actually given up the 12th most fantasy points uh, per game to tight ends. And, you know, they rank in the top two against all other positions. So you kind of funnel it there. They also did this with Travis Kelsey last week as Ware was kind of getting his legs under him in his first game as the starter. So I think you go back there. Um, the Ravens are surrendering 28.3% of their total receiving fantasy points allowed to tight ends. That's second most among all defenses. So a lot of reasons for the Chiefs to, to hone in on this thing. Conley continues to get the bump from the Watkins injury, Sammy Watkins being out. But just not this week. It's a tough matchup for him against that secondary. Also a tough matchup for Ware on the ground. Spencer Ware against the Ravens. They've, they've given up the third fewest fantasy points per touch to running back. So I don't know how much room he's going to find. Um, the Chiefs could definitely go over that six and a half line there in this one. They win. They keep rolling at home. Reload. Our next game is the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston, Texas. And... Texans, excuse me, and, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, typically, he's been able to overcome a lot of matchups, but I don't know about this week. This just isn't the week to have him. Um, He's facing the Texans. They've given up the fourth fewest fantasy points per dropback to quarterbacks this season. The Texans have also held opposing quarterbacks to one or fewer touchdowns in seven of their last eight games, so not a lot to like for Andrew Luck when you consider their volume of work. T.Y. Hilton's been banged up, so I'm not really high on him, even if he does play. Eric Ebron, though, is a different story. When Jack Doyle's missed time, Ebron averages 19.3 expected fantasy points per game, 10.5 targets per game, 106 air yards per game, and 1.5 end zone targets per game. So green light for him. You know, even with all that stuff, um, you have to consider that The Texans rank third worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to opposing tight ends. So they're giving it up. That's we've talked about this over the last three weeks that there is sieve to the tight end. And I don't think that stops this week. So I like Eric Ebron for sure. I don't think he gets vultured because Mo Alley Cox and Dontro Emmon are both out for Indianapolis. So just all the more reason to be invested into Eric Ebron. I will say this, I like Naheem Hines for the passing game. Um, I don't th- I'm don't. i not talking about lining him up in the backfield. And as far as Marlon Mack back there, no, I, I think the Texans crush him. But they do some things like move Hines out wide and stuff like that. So I like him. Um, <clears throat> I'd be fading Deshaun Watson. The Colts defense actually isn't terrible. I don't know if I really want a piece of him this week, but I do like DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to see Pierre Desir mostly this week. And opposing wideouts um, are averaging 14 yards per reception against Desir. And in week four, Hopkins played him and he had three catches for 73 yards against Desir. Um, Hopkins has been shadowed by the likes of him this year. Stephon Gilmore, Janoris Jenkins, Tredavious White, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Chris Harris Jr., and Josh Norman. And in those games, he's averaged 18.6 fantasy points per game. So in all other games, he's averaged 21.7. Indianapolis hasn't shadowed once at all this year. There's a lot to like about DeAndre Hopkins this week. He'll be the saving grace for Deshaun Watson, I believe. I do like Lamar Miller because more and more, the Texans are just, for, they're, they're going to run the ball more. I don't think they had a lot of success doing this the first matchup around when these two teams face each other, but this is a little bit of a different team. I think they'll be more committed to it. 
I recommended Lamar Miller for different reasons in their first matchup, as I recall, and I'm going to recommend him again in this one. I'm going to fade Demarius Thomas unless Kiki Kuti sits, and in that case, I will recommend him. Um, but I don't think there's enough weapons for Andrew Luck in this one. The Texans win at home. Next game is the Carolina Panthers at the Cleveland Browns, and the line is even in this one. Bigger story should be than it is, is the Cam's arm. Couldn't make the throw at the end of the game. They have to bring in the backup to do it, that Hail Mary throw, but Cam is hurting. Um, The surgery didn't take as well as I guess they thought it did, or he may need another one, but for whatever reason, this is not... um, I guess something to be like, you know, lightly looked at and they've got to start thinking about a contingency plan if this dude falls apart, but week by week, right? So there's something to consider for this week too. I think I, you know, I got burned by Cam last week and I would just say stay away from him because it's well documented at this point and we know he's going to try to play through it, but not looking good. Christian McCaffrey's another thing though. The last five weeks, um, Cleveland's third worst graded run defense allowed 5.1 yards per carry. So I've preached all year, this is how you attack them. And it's continuing, it's consistent, it's average each week, right? You can do this. They had a pass coverage unit that grades out as the 14th best, and they allow the seventh lowest yards per attempt in coverage. So it's the least path of resistance. You got to go at them on the ground. Cam's got arm issues anyway. So I think the Panthers really try to stick it to him with Christian McCaffrey. Dude's already out there 90-some percent of the place anyway. DJ Moore's in play as well. Uh, Cleveland's uh, cornerback number one, Denzel Ward, is out. So this is good news for DJ Moore. He's kind of been the uh, wide receiver one, not Devin Funches, who's been slowly coming back. Over the past three weeks, Moore ranks eighth among wide receivers in fantasy points and 12th in targets. Um, he's coming on, man. Browns have given up the fifth fewest fantasy points per target to wideouts. So he gets a little break with Ward being out. Um, it's not going to be easy for everybody, but this is why I think that he can excel against this tougher unit. And then um, the Panthers' pass coverage should force Mayfield into making some mistakes. I think that'll happen as well this game. I do like Nick Chubb, though. Uh, Chubb has been contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage on 67 of his 131 carries this year. So, you know, that means he's, you know, seeing a lot of traffic in the backfield with him. Um, On these attempts, he's averaged an NFL high 3.7 yards after contact per attempt. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That means he's waving guys off, fighting guys off and grabbing extra yardage. 13.4% of his rushing yards um, are uh, before first contact. So, so yeah, that's a small amount there. I like Nick Chubb this week. And Joku, I have to recommend again, unfortunately, because the Panthers are so bad against the tight end. He's just such an underperformer. They're going to have to target him. I just don't know if he's going to actually show up. I'm going to say no to Callaway. I'm out on that, too. His concentration level sucks. And I'm just, people are disappointed. I'm not because I've been fading him and I'll continue to do so. And if he goes off, whoop, more power to you, young man. But Cleveland defense, they should make things tough for Cam. 
Um, but I think in the red zone specifically, he can even pass a few, and that's where I think DJ Moore might be able to be okay. But the Panthers are a good, pretty good 6-6 six and six team. They have the discipline to go on the road and win this one, and I think they do. Reload. All right, our next game is the uh, Atlanta Falcons going up to Green Bay to visit the Packers. And it's going to be a tough one for Atlanta and Matt Ryan on the road in this cold weather. I do like Julio Jones. Green Bay ranks fifth worst in schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing wide receiver one. So he's in play. No to Austin Hooper this week for me. The Packers defense has given up the third fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. They've also given up just one tight end touchdown this season. So I'll take a pass on Austin Hooper, although he's been pretty consistent the past couple weeks. I do like Tevin Coleman because this team's got no choice. They're in a hole. They're in a corner. They're going to have to run the football. It's going to be cold. Matt Ryan, usually when it's cold like this, he averages about 210 yards a game. They're going to have to run it whether they like it or not. On the other side of things, really like Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be motivated, Aaron Rodgers, to show that uh, getting rid of McCarthy was a good thing. He's going to get to call his own plays. He's familiar with Philbin who before his time in Miami as head coach was there as the offensive coordinator. That's how he got the job. So they're going to let him do his thing. They're going to try to showcase themselves for the new head coach to green light there. And Devontae Adams, for sure. Um, He has seen one of the toughest cornerback schedules this year. He has gotten shadowed this year by, you know, Tredavious White, Darius Slay, Marcus Peters, Xavier Rhodes, twice. Stephon Gilmore and Patrick Peterson, but um, good news for him is this week Atlanta doesn't shadow. I really like Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Um, I think that Aaron Jones has a chance to go off. We know the documented problems that the uh, Falcons have had against the run. A lot of the reason Mike McCarthy probably got his job snatched from him was because he failed to run the ball last week. So they're going to have a commitment to that this week. Um, The Packers defense should play well enough to get this one done. Too much mystery from Green Bay. Um, No way for the Falcons to really prepare. I I think they win this one in the cold one at home. Reload. Denver Broncos at the San Francisco 49ers. Denver are minus three and a half point favorite in this one. And Philip Lindsay, I like him in this game a lot. Denver has won three straight games behind this guy. He's averaging 7.9 yards a carry. He scored five touchdowns uh, during this span, and he's gaining five or more yards on 45.5% of his carries. That's a crazy number. Um, that will be the best rate for a rookie with at least 150 carries in the last 13 seasons. So he's doing some pretty special stuff out there. I also like Cortland Sutton this week. 41% of Sutton's fantasy points have come on deep passes. And San Francisco ranks worse in deep passer rating allowed. Um, they, they're worse than the NFL. That's 129.9 in deep passer rating allowed. And they're second worst in fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers on deep passes so and third worst in deep fantasy points allowed per target so pretty much Cortland Southern's a go in this one I like Case Keenum as well I'm going back to Matt Lacoste this week I know he disappointed last week but another good spot for him in a spot where they can pass the ball Um, I like the Denver defense of course in this one 
Jeff Wilson Jr., last week he had 134 yards from scrimmage on 23 touches. So he's going to get the bulk of the work. I like that. George Kittle, I like this week as well for San Francisco. They got to get it somewhere, and they like to facilitate things through Mr. Kittle. Dante Pettis as well. Um, over the last two games, he's got nine receptions for 206 yards and three touchdowns on 13 targets. If they're going to keep looking at him like that, then I think he'll keep producing. But ultimately, going to be too much Von Miller and too much Denver defense in this one. The Broncos win. Reload. All right, the next game is the Cincinnati Bengals at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And I like Joe Mixon in this one because Jeff Driscoll can't do it all. You got to take some of the, uh, you got to shoulder the burden somewhere else. You got to take some of this pressure off of him. And so I think you'll see a healthy dose of Joe Mixon in this contest. I like Tyler Boyd as well. He's been special in the slot this year, but hopefully they're smart enough to find ways to get it to him. CJ Yazoma will get the targets, and I don't think he'll do a damn thing with them. So I can't recommend him, even though he's in a decent spot. I like Phillip Rivers, though, uh, on the other side of things here. The Bengals defense has a lot of league high, 19 touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this season. So that lines up for him as well as Keenan Allen. From week nine to now, which is when you know the Chargers had their bye week, Allen leads all wide receivers in targets per game. That's 11. Fantasy points per game, that's 23. And target market share, that's 34%. Keenan Allen, he's going to see coverage from Darquez Denard. And uh, he's allowing 76% of his targets to be caught. Cincinnati um, is ranking 12th worst in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing slot wide receivers. So lots of life for Keenan Allen right here in this one. I'll go with him for sure. Still no Melvin Gordon, so we got the committee of Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, and I think they'll be just fine. The Bengals' defense has allowed 11 rushing touchdowns to running backs over the last seven games, so they should be able to get in the ground, possibly in some goal line situations. But I like the Chargers' defense in this one. They've been playing well. Joey Bosa's had three sacks in his past two games. Chargers' defense stymied the Bengals in this one, and the Bolts' crews reload. Next game is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas is a minus three and a half point favorite. Zach Ertz, um, his target share has been down due to increased targets for Golden Tate. But I think in this one, um, he's gonna, they're going to look back to him a little bit more. Dallas has given up the ninth most, ninth most fantasy points per target. Excuse me, ninth most fantasy points per game to tight end. So that's 14.3. you got to look at them. So I think they go back to Ertz this week. Especially with the pass rush, they'll be having a check down on them for sure. Other players that I think may be in play, Nelson Aguilar and Josh Adams, as well as Golden Tate. They're going to have to pepper it around and look for different scenarios and targets if they're going to beat Dallas. And I think that those are the uh, most obvious guys to try to get involved. On the other side of things, oh, lots of life, y'all. I like Dak Prescott. He's, You know what? Going back, if you take a look... Um, Back in the weeks, if you go back to week six, uh, Dak has been fantasy football's number five. He's been QB five. So that's the span of seven games. That's almost half the season. So for about half the season, he's outperforming Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and a lot of other dudes. Um, and he gets the Eagles, who are on a short week, while Dallas has had extra time to prepare for the Eagles. So the Eagles came in the Monday night. With a pretty beat-up secondary, and they have the sixth-worth coverage grade this season. There's a whole lot to like for Dak Prescott. 
I like Zeke Elliott as well. During the last month, um, Zeke Elliott, so Zeke, in, in the first time he's faced the Eagles, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Saquon Barkley, and Adrian Peterson have all combined for 524 yards on 70 carries. That's seven and a half yards average with five touchdowns and 19 forced missed tackles against the Eagles. That's crazy. So, you know, we look at them as a tough team on the ground, tough defense, but they've kind of been giving it up against the better backs and they face Zeke again this week. Zeke Elliott is averaging 22.8 carries and 6.8 targets per game over his last four games. So he's in play. This defense for the Eagles has given up 35 fantasy points per game to running backs over the last five games. So you got to start Zeke Elliott. That's the way to do it. Um, Amari Cooper's in play as well since joining the team. Cooper is eighth among wide receivers in fantasy points. He's wide receiver eight. He's got three touchdowns over that time period as well. Over the last two games, he's been pretty good too. He's got eight catches in each of those games. The Eagles secondary is, we've known this. It's what I just mentioned a second ago. They're beat up. They don't have a single player starting that's uh, graded currently inside the top 100 corners. Their secondary is surrendering the second most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. Um, and this is in, uh, I'm sorry, to, to, to outside wide receivers. And this is where they've been having Amari Cooper. 84% of his routes are run on the outside, not the slot. That's where Cole Beasley runs. We also like the Dallas defense in this one. They're planning on all cylinders right now. And Wentz is struggling at times. And the Philly defense still has some large deficiencies. So I like the Cowboys to cover and win in this one. Reload. Next game is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Oakland Raiders. And... Lots of like in this one. I like Big Ben and Antonio Brown and Juju. They're all in play. I like Vance McDonald in this one as well. Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley, they may share the time, but ultimately the ground game will do what it needs to. Everything's in play against this awful Oakland team for the Steelers, who are desperate for a win. Um, They come out for some good weather, too, to come get it. This Steeler defense, we like them a lot in the last three games. Oakland has given up 10 sacks along with four turnovers and a defensive touchdown. The Raiders have allowed three or more sacks in nine of 12 games this year. So look to the Steelers. We like Jared Cook too this week for the Raiders. He's like the only thing that they have that's fairly consistent. I like that. Jalen Richard, if you're super desperate, you can take a stab on him. Um, but the Steelers get some pent-up aggression out on the field this in this one and they drop bombs on the Raiders and put the game out of reach early and win reload all right our next game is the Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals the Detroit Lions are minus two and a half point favorite on the road here but look Bruce Ellington's in play with Patrick Peterson probably shadowing Kenny Galladay on you know his perimeter routes then this opens things up for Ellington He's going to be in the slot. 49% of his routes, he runs in the slot. Arizona has already given up the fourth most, fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. So you keep Bruce Ellington in the slot and you sacrifice Kenny Galladay this week is what I think is going to happen. I also like Theo Riddick and LeGarrette Blunt this week. The combination of them should do a little damage against this Arizona defense. No defenses face more rushing attempts. That's 377 attempts. No defenses face more rushing attempts or allow more touchdowns on the ground than Arizona has. They just, they've allowed 17 touchdowns on the ground. So 
They're also allowing 140.9 rushing yards a game. That's fourth most. And recently, um, middle linebacker Josh Bynes went on injured reserve. So loaded up for Riddick and Blunt. Um, as far as Blunt goes, um, oh, I'm sorry. Bynes is the third highest graded linebacker against the run. So that's what they're losing there. I'm sorry. That's my note that I was skipping over there. So the Cardinals, um, yeah, you could be loading up against them with LeGarrette Blunt and Theo Riddick. Um, across two losses over the past two weeks, LeGarrette Blunt's totaled 36 touches for 164 yards and two touchdowns. So he's going to get a fair share of work. On the other side of things, Josh Rosen should be okay. All right. He should be fine. The Lions have given up the fifth most fantasy points per drop back to quarterbacks. So he should be okay. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, we like him. Uh, he has only 12 targets over his last three games, but he does have five touchdowns across his last six. He also has a soft matchup. Detroit is giving up the seventh most fantasy points to, per game to opposing slot wide receivers. And Fitzgerald's in the slot 75% of the time. So. Lots to like about that this week. David Johnson will remain unused and misused this week, I think, so I can't recommend him. But I do like the Cardinals' defense. Chandler Jones, uh, for one, has picked up, you know, on last Sunday he got another sack. He's got 11 in his past 10 games. Uh, Over the past five games, the Lions have allowed 23 sacks while turning the ball over nine times and giving up two defensive touchdowns. So, again... Arizona defense looking good. Patrick Peterson has allowed 80 or fewer receiving yards in each of his last 67 games, going back to 2014. Patrick Peterson only allowed more than two catches in coverage once over the last six games, so Kenny Galladay should be shut down. Opposing receivers are seeing an average of just 3.8 targets per game against Peterson. The Cardinals defense gets the job done at home, and I think Arizona wins this game. All right, and it's time for our final shot. Reload, get that final shot in the chamber. Here we go. It's the Minnesota Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are a minus three-point favorite. Seattle's been hot, and the Vikings have been struggling week to week to get any momentum going consistently. But I'll go with Dalvin Cook this week against the Seahawks defense. Maybe not to score, but to get some yardage. I like Kyle Rudolph. Maybe he gets those um goal line looks he hasn't dropped the pass all year i like adam Thielen in this one i think he goes back on track on the other side of things tyler lockett i don't want to recommend wilson against his minnesota vikings defense but i will recommend lockett wilson has a perfect passer rating when targeted and Lockett this whole entire year that's incredible that's ridiculous that's absurd yeah so i want tyler lockett Lockett's now scored a touchdown in 9 of 12 games this year. He ranks 17th in fantasy points, but just 57th ranked in targets. That's what I'm talking about by making the most out of his low usage. This Viking defense has allowed just 5 passing scores over the last 7 games. So, there's not a lot to go around against them. They've been pretty stingy. Opposing quarterbacks are averaging just 212 yards per game over that stretch against them so this is why I can't play Russ Wilson but I will play Tyler Lockett I think Chris Carson can find a little room but I'd fade him Um, the Seahawks run game will be challenged this week by this Viking defense for sure this will be a hard fought one that comes down to the wire but Seahawks don't get the run game going which forces Russ's hand and I think the Vikings get a very big bounce back win on the road in this one 
And that was it. That was our final shot. And now you guys should be ready for week 14. And good luck to everybody as you get ready for those contests. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. All right, finally this week, Tiger Bombers, let's take a look at the DraftKings slate for Sunday. And number one recommendation is split it up, play it in the two, play the the morning, like the early, and then play the afternoon, if you will. I usually play the long, you know, whole Sunday slate, but you may want to do that um, as well as doing the way that I normally do it. Just a couple ways to think about it. So this week, just going to give you you know, what I think sincerely are the best plays. Um, if you want to pay up, you can do it with Mahomes. You can get away with it. $7,000 on DraftKings. I know it looks like a bad matchup, but hopefully that scares people off and I would be okay with it. Um, <clears throat> I think he's in play there. Uh, Philip Rivers is in play at $6,500 for sure. If you want to stick at that top margin there. I will fade Winston. I will fade at Winston because I do think that there's turnover potential there, knowing full well that he may go off and I may have, I may be dealing with that. I understand that for sure. But Aaron Rodgers is a go at $6,000. I like him a lot this week and I'd be willing to play him. Uh, <clears throat> I'm also willing to play Dak Prescott, $5,600. I'm going to have some lineups that feature Dak Prescott this week. We've talked about why he's in such a good spot. You may want to take a stab at Case Keenum, $5,200. I don't really have a problem with that as well, but I would probably stick to those guys. I think for the quarterback position, that should be good enough for you. All right, on to the running backs, and we talked about wanting for my strategy this week to be pay up, and so I'm not going to be shy about what's going on at the top. I'd rather play McCaffrey, $9,300 for sure. Uh, I think Barkley's in play. You know, Elliott, we talked about the reasons why he may be pretty good to go, um, but if I had the choice, I'd play Kamara over Elliott, try to fit him in. Uh, but all those guys are in play at the very, very, very top. This week, Aaron Jones at $7,200 is also in play. Um, contrarian GPP upside play, you can do Nick Chubb at $6,700. And, you know, from there, I think Philip Lindsay is also in play. GPP, $6,300. Austin Eckler, too, is right there, too, $6,200. Um, you can slide down a little more if you like. But again, I'm probably sticking towards the top of it. Lamar Miller is there at $5,100. You could play him if you wish. And then Adrian Peterson at $4,800 if you really want to pay down. I think he's a really, really good play. Theo Riddick at $4,700 down there is also a good play, along with Gus Edwards, who will probably be a very popular play at $4,500. I mentioned Coleman earlier, so if you want to, again, get some GPP upside, how about you take Coleman at $4,400? I know it looks like a tough matchup, but I think he can prevail in this one. And I would probably just limit it right there. Oh, no, never mind. I'm sorry. LeGarrette Blunt, $3,900. 
again, salary savers. So if you really want to do some dumpster diving down there, you can. Jeff Wilson Jr., $3,800. You can. You can do that if you would like. I stay away from Edmonds. I know that's going to be some people's little dark horse, but I probably wouldn't go there uh, this week. You know, Jalen Samuels is going to be possible, you know, very popular at $3,700. The allure is to pay down for those guys, and I think a lot of people will to fit in what they want, but I'm probably just going to pay up to get away from it. There's a lot of choices there, but a lot of reasons to diversify your lineup this weekend. You know, don't really put all those eggs into one basket, so to speak. Now, for wide receiver, if you are going to pay up, got no problems with Antonio Brown for sure at 9000 um, I'm probably staring away from Michael Thomas this week at $8,600 just because I'm steering away from Breeze. But Devontae Adams, $8,400 is in play for sure. Juju Smith-Schuster, $8,200 is in play for sure. Julio Jones, $7,900 is in play, and so is DeAndre Hopkins at $7,800. Uh, Keenan Allen will be chalk at $7,400 this week. I do like Edelman at $7,100, but Amari Cooper is going to be popular at $6,600 this week at wide receiver. Um, from there, you kind of want to go down a little bit because that's what, yeah, I mean, at least that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, <clears throat> I'm probably going down to DJ Moore, who's going to be down there at $5,700 for Carolina. He's at the basement barrel level there. You also have Godwin, who's $4,900 at the bottom there. Humphreys, also $4,900. Larry Fitzgerald's $4,900 at the bottom there. These are all guys that are in really good position. So I'm going to be scraping that to make up for the running backs that I pay for. Sutton's $4,500, and he's at the bottom down there. Shepard, who's now in play because of OBJ's injury, is $4,400. So a lot to like down here. Um, at the bottom of the wide receiver pool, which is why ultimately I want to pay up for running back. Even if you wanted to do Zay Jones, you could $4,200. I'll probably stay away from him. GPP flyer, Kenny Stills, I don't mind him at $4,100. And remember, if Kiki Kuti doesn't play, I think you can consider Demarius Thomas. Uh, he's down there too. But there are a lot of options uh, in this price point that I think are fair, you know, um, Samuel for Carolina, $4,000. You could do worse, you know what I mean? Um, Bruce Ellington, we talked about him, $3,800 down here at the bottom of the barrel. So a ton of things to like this week. Um, and there's, you know, you keep going, there's other options. But I'll kind of, for me personally, you know, maybe limit it at those guys right there and maybe make that my selection pool. Um, at the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, $6,700. You could pay up. I don't, that's the fine to pay up. I don't mind to do that. Uh, Ertz is also in position at $6,400. I pay up for him. But you get Ebron at $5,700. He should be your cash game consideration for sure. And then you get Kittle at $5,500. And Gronk's $4,800. For GPPs, I think you should consider Gronk. Um, you don't have to go anywhere else. You really don't have to go anywhere else. I know there are a lot of other guys that are in good positions, but. I don't, you know, tight end is crazy. We know how it goes. You can end up having 26 yards and, you know, and two tight end or two touchdowns and be like number one tight end, you know, for the week. It's been really crazy. I'll just say lacrosse is, da lacrosse is down there at $2,700. You could play him, but, you know, it shouldn't be a problem to fit in those top tight end guys. And then for the defensive uh, side of things, the Broncos are every penny worth that $3,600. The Chargers are in good place at $3,500. Um, and then from there, 
there are a lot of other decent matchups like the Saints I think at $2,700 you can take advantage of that um, the Texans I wouldn't mind to play them at $2,600 they're also in play and then Dallas at $2,600 but the Giants should be popular at $2,500 against this poor Washington team we talked about earlier their troubles the Jets against Buffalo at $2,400 you could take a stab there there's there's a couple of different defenses that should return fair to decent value I like the Cardinals though this week at $2,300 I think that that is a phenomenal play for a team that's well placed against an injured riddle team so those are my DFS plays for you guys this week and hopefully that brings you guys all the monies and good luck to you guys and if you got any last minute questions remember that's what the Twitter's for hit me there and we can hash it out guys So that's it, y'all. Hopefully you enjoyed this week 14 episode of the Process Podcast. I put my foot in it for y'all. Um, and we're all ready to go tackle this week. Don't forget, you can find us all over the place. We're on Facebook. You can check out our, pro- our page, The Process. All the links for the podcast are there. You know, I post you know, different articles, stuff like that from the NFL. Check it out. Like us. Hit us up on Twitter on Sunday. Let's hash it out at the process, T-B-S-A-E. Let me know how your lineup's looking or if you just want to rant and rave a little bit, let's do it. Um, If you want to check out anything else like the podcast um, or what we also have coming up at Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment because as football winds down, it's going to be other things that you may be interested in. You can check all that stuff out at www.tigerbombsae.com. And specifically, if you're going there to listen to this podcast, click on the process page and you'll be able to check us out right there. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, virtually everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So you have no excuse. You now have continued the process and are ready for week 14. Now go set some lineups and let's get it. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.